your copy of God's Word, turn to Proverbs. Proverbs will begin in chapter 24 in just a moment. Let me just begin by saying, Pastor Ricky, thank you so much. I know the praise goes to God, our Father, um, but thank you, praise band, praise team, for leading us in this time of uh, still unusual circumstance. But uh, Ms. Marie, what a beautiful song. Thank you. Um, just thank you, thank you, praise team, for leading us in these moments of, of true, heartfelt, deep worship of our Savior. We have been walking through the book of Proverbs now for quite a few weeks, helping us just gain an understanding of what true wisdom is and, and how God's wisdom should really affect us and how God's wisdom should change us, how God's wisdom should mold and shape us. We've been walking through the book of Proverbs really every uh, since we started this study with this definition of wisdom set before us. If you remember, wisdom is understanding that ultimately results in good judgment such that we please God, such that we do right by our fellow man, and such that we flourish in our own lives. True, biblical, godly wisdom is, is us setting our minds towards Him and, and us living our lives for His glory and us making decisions that, that ultimately lift Him up and all that we think and all that we say and all that we do such that as we, as we live our lives, we're pleasing Him and we're living right by our fellow man. And ultimately, because of these decisions that are made to bring glory to God, He then pours out His blessings upon us. This morning, we're going to consider wisdom and diligence. Wisdom and diligence. How we as God's people are called to be a diligent people, working for His glory and His alone. According to Proverbs, the way to prosperity is hard work. Now hear me. As we've walked through the Proverbs, we've seen that oftentimes there are these generalizations, right? There's these statements that sometimes are made and we can sit here and say, well, you know what? I, I can tell you of stories and, and experiences that I've seen in my life or maybe in others where it doesn't always hold up to this. Listen, there, there are some generalizations here. We understand that. And, but, but hear me, basically what Proverbs is teaching is that, is that according to, to what, what Solomon has written for us, that, that prosperity comes, for the most part, through hard work. The person who's lazy, the person who is, as my translation repeatedly says, the person who's a slacker. Some translations say the person who's a, a sluggard. Other translations say the, the person who's just lazy. The person who's lazy is just the opposite. For that person, that person finds himself usually oftentimes in a life that's filled with, with very little. Life that's relegated to poverty. The book of Proverbs teaches us that, that hard work really in and of itself carries many blessings while laziness carries its own curses. We'll see that as we walk through the Proverbs this morning. That very much so that, that what God has called us to be as His people is a people who work diligently. Hear me. Not for our glory. Not even for our own prosperity, 
But we're a people who work for the glory and honor of the Lord. And as we do such, we'll see him pour out his favor upon his people. Now listen, even his favor might look radically different from the world set, from what the world says is riches. But that's okay. We as God's people can work for his glory and see him make his name great and known through us as a faithful people. In order to understand what's going on here in the Proverbs as it relates to diligence, we begin by really tracing this picture that Solomon lays out for us. He, he paints a portrait of the slacker. We see a, a portrait, a, a picture of, of, of the person who's a sluggard, a person who is lazy. Where do we begin? Proverbs 24. You have your copy of God's Word there. We'll also see many of these verses on the screen for us. Thank you to Nathan for always being on cue and helping us as we have especially walked through the book of Proverbs. We have definitely done some Bible drill the past few weeks. Proverbs 24, begin reading in verse 30. I went by the field of a slacker and by the vineyard of one lacking sense. Thistles had come up everywhere. Weeds covered the ground and the stone wall was ruined. I saw and took it to heart. I looked and received instruction. Basically what Solomon says here is I was walking by my neighbors and I saw that, that his fields were overgrown, his wall was knocked down, and I learned something by looking at his situation. You got it? That's what he's saying. I, I walked past the field of the sluggard, of the, of the lazy person, and this is what I learned by viewing what was happening in his life. What was he learning? I'm glad you asked. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest, and your poverty will come like a robber and your need like a bandit. Say, so what in the world is going on here? Look, there, there's, some, there's some obvious consequences to laziness. That's what, that's what Solomon's getting at here. There's some obvious consequences to laziness. You see, the slacker's laziness results in an overgrown field and a, and a broken down wall. The, the, the consequences of this lazy man's life, this lazy man's not doing things for the glory of the Lord, results in, in just shame and, 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 and a bad situation in his own life. This leads ultimately to the slacker's poverty. Go to Proverbs 21, 25. Or you can look at it on the screen because we're going to move quickly. Proverbs 21, verse 25. It says, a slacker's craving will kill him because his hands refuse to work. The slacker, the sluggard, the lazy man's craving will kill him because his hands refuse to work. You see, the slacker prefers to be lazy. They refuse to work. And then ultimately, you know someone who, maybe you've met someone like this, there's always the excuse, right? There's always a reason why they don't want to work. There's always a reason why they don't want to put their hand to the plow. There's always a reason why they don't take sometimes what even might be the difficult way, even though they know it's the right way. That's what's happening here. This lazy person is depicted as, as ultimately really choosing the way that leads to poverty. And ultimately, the Scripture teaches us here that they're, leaving, they're, they're choosing a way that leads to an ultimate death and demise. That's the lazy person. That's the slacker. They want, they have a craving, but the craving ultimately kills them because they're not willing to work for the glory of God. Proverbs 6, 
Begin reading in verse 6. This is a great example here, uh, really a contrast that Solomon lays out for us. Proverbs 6, begin reading in verse 6. Go to the ant, you slacker. Observe its ways and become wise. Here's Solomon, right? King of Israel who who had all the wisdom of God granted to him. He says, hey, you slacker, you really want to be wise? Look at the ant. What? What what in the world are you talking about, Solomon? What what do you mean look to the ant if we really want to be wise? Here's what he says. Without leader, without administrator, or without ruler, it prepares its provisions in the summer. It gathers its food during harvest. How long will you stay in bed, you slacker? When, When will you get up from your sleep? And notice what he does here. The same thing we saw in chapter 24, we see it again. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest, and your poverty will come like a robber, your need like a bandit. See, again, what he's doing here is he's helping us see that the slacker stands just in sharp contrast to the ant. We could say someone stands in sharp contrast to the person who who is diligent, who is working hard for the glory of the Lord. He says here that the ant doesn't need someone standing over it telling it what to do. The ant just goes about its business, right? The ant is diligent. The ant is working hard. The ant ant is is doing everything that it can to, to prepare for the coming winter. It's going through its motions. It's going through and and it's doing the very thing it was created to do. Prepare for the coming days. Working diligently. Slacker, on the other hand is someone, again, who is just, just lazy, just too lazy to work. This word for slacker in, the, in Proverbs, literally it means it's the one who's too lazy to work. Just like the fool in Proverbs, it's been quite a, quite a while since we studied the fool in Proverbs, but just like the fool in Proverbs, the slacker believes that they're wise. The, the slacker believes that they can, they can take shortcuts. The slacker believes that, that they can just do what they want to do and that ultimately they'll receive blessing and honor and glory and strength. But, but we see here that ultimately the slacker's way leads to destruction. Ultimately, we see in this passage, as we've seen in Proverbs 24, that the slacker is someone, as it says, they're a little folding of the arms. Literally, what they mean there, is, as Solomon's saying, is that they just absolutely refuse to work. There's work to be done. They see it. They know that the winter's coming. And instead of being wise like the ant and preparing, they just do this. Just refuse to work. Ultimately, for the slacker, poverty comes upon him, as the word says here, like a robber, like a thief in the night. Now you would think that coming poverty would be very obvious for the slacker since since they're not working, since they absolutely refuse to work. But, as Solomon has already told us, they're truly fools and not wise at all. And so what seems to be apparent, they're blind to it. So what do we do? As as God's people, clearly, and look, there's so many more passages here, we could, we could camp out for a long time on diligence in the book of Proverbs. 
There's so many more passages that, that Solomon lays out to us that, that, that ultimately is just that, that comparison and the contrast. Obviously, as, as God's people, we're not to be the lazy. We're, we're not to be the slacker. We're not to be the sluggard. So, so what are we to do as God's people? How should we respond? How should we work? How, how should we think about everything that we think, say, and do in this life? Ultimately, we know that God's word tells us that as his people, we are to be diligent. We should see everything that we do. Hear me, church. We should see everything that we think, say, and do as service to Christ. Everything that we do, everything that we, that we're, that we set before ourselves, everything that God puts before us in our, in our work, in our jobs, in our homes, everything that we do, we do it unto the glory of the Lord. Whatever we do in labor, in profession, in hobby, we should do it all for God's glory. Ultimately, we're working for Him. Colossians chapter 3. You'll see it on the screen. Colossians 3, 23 through 24 really helps us to understand as God's people how we should approach even work, everything that we think, say, and do. Colossians 3, 23, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. You see, we know who we're working for. We know who we're working for. We know who we're living for. We, we, know, we know God's plan ultimately for our life is to bring glory to Him. Even though we may not always know exactly where God's leading, even though we don't know exactly what tomorrow may hold, we know that in the end, as God's people, everything that we think, say, and do should be done for the glory of the Lord. We work diligently for His name to be praised. Whether we're selling cars, whether we're working on the assembly line, whether we're teaching, whether, whether we're crunching numbers in a bank, whether, whether we're responding to emergency calls, whether we're performing surgeries, whether we're raising our children in our home. Hear me, it does not matter, church. It does not matter. Everything that you do, you do unto the Lord. Everything that you lay your hand to, you're doing it for His glory and His praise. So as God's people, we do our very best. Hey, students, even school. We do it all for the glory of the Lord. What's really cool about Proverbs is it doesn't just leave it there. Obviously, the, the motivation to live for God's glory is just His praise, right? But you know that in according to the Proverbs, there actually are benefits to diligence. There, there really are benefits to diligence. We, we saw the picture painted of the sluggard, of the slacker, of, and, and we saw that, that there's really ultimately God doesn't bless it at all that, that way. But, but there are benefits. As we live for God's glory, there are actually benefits for for those who were diligent, for the glory of the Lord. Proverbs 10, verse 4. You'll see it on the screen. Idle hands make one poor, but diligent hands bring riches. You see, Proverbs consistently holds up diligence as the surest way to gain prosperity. And then warns at the same time against laziness as the quickest path 
to poverty and destruction. Now hear me. Let's just hit the pause button. I've kind of already said it, but I need to clarify it one more time. Is, is this a promise that, that if we live for the glory of the Lord, we do all things for Him, that we'll receive riches in the way that the world defines riches? No. Look, I, I, can, I can point to people where I, I mean, who are very faithful God-fearers and God-followers who actually have given everything away in their life and they go to the really hard places and they're faithful to the glory of the Lord. And as the world looks at them, the world would say they're absolute failures because they have nothing. Our Christian brothers and sisters in Christ who are spread across this globe, living in third world countries. Some of the happiest people I know are people who right now are probably sitting on their dirt, hard dirt floors in Haiti. I've been to Haiti dozens of times and just seen just a, a beautiful people who really in the world's eyes, in the world's definition, have absolutely nothing. But when you talk to them, and more importantly, listen, when you worship with them, oh my goodness. They have absolute joy. Hear me, this is not just a broad promise that, that if you live for God's glory, that, that He's going to give you what you want and desire in this world. In fact, we see just the opposite. This is not a promise that will be lavished upon us the riches of the world. What is it a promise then? It's a promise that will be lavished upon us the riches of God's glory and grace and mercy in our lives. And, and that is richness. As believers, that's what we should desire. That's what we should hope for. Hear me, you, you heard Pastor Jamie last week talk about our, our, our money, right? And how, and how we as believers, I'm not going to rehash that whole sermon, so you just go back and listen to it again, that, that God does provide for us in many ways, and, and, and wealth is not a bad thing. If God has blessed you with wealth, praise Him. Use it for His glory. Whatever it is that God puts upon you and gives you in this life, use it for His glory. Glory. You might be the person in this morning saying, well, I have absolutely nothing. Does that mean I'm not being faithful? No. By no means. Whatever it is that you have in this life, use for the glory of the Lord. And as you do that, you will see him pour out his blessings of his riches. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. Continue with this promise of the blessings of the diligent. Proverbs 12, 24, the diligent hand will rule, but laziness will lead to forced labor. Now, now context here is key, okay? You see, Solomon, he had drafted thousands of workers to build God's temple and then ultimately to build even his own palace. Solomon knew how the system worked. You see, the man who had diligent hands, the man who came to the job and worked diligently, especially as he was building the temple, as they were building a house for the Lord, the person who showed up and worked diligently, you know what Solomon did? He ultimately placed them in charge. The person who showed up and was the slacker, the person who showed up and did really not much at all or did just enough to make it by. That was the person, you know what Solomon did? He actually enslaved. 
said, you know what? If you're not going to work for the glory of the Lord, I'll work it out of you. I'll put you to work. And the person that came to the job with you who was working hard, he's going to be the boss. He's not going to be a slave. I'm going to put him in charge. But if you're lazy, you will work harder. Solomon understood how the system worked. That the person who ultimately worked for the glory of the Lord, that that there was blessing in his life. The person who lacked diligence, the person who was lazy, the person who was a sluggard was ultimately forced to work even harder. Proverbs 21, verse 25 and 26. Read to you verse 25 a moment ago, but we're going to keep going this time. A slacker's craving will kill him because his hands refuse to work. Listen to the next verse. He is filled with craving all day long, but the righteous give and don't hold back. You see, the the lazy man's life, it's marked by continual craving. And usually that craving is the things, obviously, of this world. The slacker continues to crave the anything and everything that this life has to offer. But instead of working, he just wishes. Instead of working for the glory of the Lord, he lusts. Instead of working for the glory of the Lord, he looks around jealously at what others have. This is the person who wants and craves and desires, but then does absolutely nothing. Why? Because the word's already said. He just keeps his, hand, his arms fold and does not wish to work for the glory of God. Ultimately, he refuses to work, and the Scriptures teach us here that it will lead him to even starvation. He's going to die. The righteous person, on the other hand, verse 26, the righteous person, on the other hand, he works hard, and he produces much. He or she is not a slave to their personal cravings, right? Because what they're doing, they're working for the glory of the Lord. And ultimately, we see that they're even set free from their own desires. And what do they do with the wealth that God blesses them with? What does verse 26 teach us? They give it away. That's the mark of the person who's working diligently for the glory of God. The slacker has a great desire, but they want it for themselves. They want to hoard it and keep it. What's odd about it is they're not even willing to work for it. The person who's humble, the person who's diligent, the person who's wise, the person who's a God-fearer, the person who works diligently for God's glory and for His name to be praised, whatever it is that they end up getting in life, Scripture says that they're willing to even just to give it away. Hear me. Again, I know this is a a generalization here in a lot of ways. What do we teach? What do we we see? What does Solomon teach us? What do we learn? I remind you, according to Proverbs, the way to prosperity, the way to blessing, the way to favor, ultimately is hard work. Is that true when it comes to salvation? Salvation? Pause button. Absolutely not. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not of your good works, so that no one may boast. Absolutely. When it comes, when it comes to our salvation, when it comes to God's grace and mercy and favor, it's unmerited. He gives it to us. He, he offers it to us and, and we receive him. 
We trust in him. We give him our lives even when we're not worthy of it. God, we, we, just, we give you our lives. But once we come to faith in Christ, and once we come to him and we, and we say, yes, we surrender our lives to you and we truly understand what lordship salvation is, I, I receive you, Lord, but in order for me to receive you, now as I do receive you, I give you my life. I give you my all. Everything that I have, Lord, it's yours and I surrender to you. We're not saved by our works. We're not saved by our good works. We're, we're saved by God's grace. But now that we are saved, we are saved in order to do good works. Not for our glory, not for our honor, not for our praise. But to make his name great. According to Proverbs, the way to prosperity is hard work. And the person who's lazy, the slacker, the sluggard, the lazy person, they're doomed to poverty and destruction. Hard work in and of itself, it carries its own blessings while laziness carries its own curses. So what do we do today? As we come to a very end, very close end to the book of Proverbs these topics that we've hit. What, what, what do we do today in, as it relates to wisdom and, and diligence? You ready for it? Come in here real close. Work hard. Work hard. Put a smile on your face and work hard. And know that all that you do, you do for the glory of the Lord. Even if you're tasked with a job that seems beneath your ability, that seems beneath your, your education, whatever it is, it does not matter. Approach life like Jesus Christ himself who did not come in order to be served but to serve. As God's people, we are called to be servants who humble ourselves and work for his glory and for the good of our fellow man. That's what we're tasked to do. Work diligently. And as you do it, always remember, always remember that you're working for God's glory. Whatever the job is that you have in this life, God's giving you that job for his glory. Whatever the position is that you have in this life, God has given you that position for his glory. Whatever influence God has given you in this life, he has given you that influence for his glory. Whatever it is that you have in this life, understand it's a gift. It's a loan from the Lord and that we as his people are called to just be diligent and faithful to work for his glory, making his name known. And all that we think, all that we say, and all that we do. I, I remember as I was growing up, my dad always taught me to work hard. I'm grateful for the, the rearing I had my, from my dad, and my, from my family, my parents, my grandparents. I always saw everybody in my family work hard. I got to college, and while I was in college, towards, especially towards the end, as I proposed to my now wife and really was trying to, to, to really make some preparations, 
I went to Auburn University, but I knew God was calling me to seminary. And ultimately, long story short, God led us here to actually be a part of this seminary as a student here in New Orleans. And, 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 I, and I knew where God was leading, but, but I, I had to work, right? I was about to get married. I had to start providing for my wife, for my family. And, and, I, and, I, and I had this instilled in me just to, to work hard, whatever, whatever the job was. I found a job at Sears and Robux as, as what they called a PMT. Anybody know what a PMT is? A preventative maintenance technician. I was the guy who would pick up washers, dryers, lawnmowers, microwaves, refrigerators. It didn't matter, whatever it was. I would pick them up if someone had issues with it. Sometimes they would bring them to the store. I was the guy who had to repair all those things. So I, 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 I had grown up doing maintenance, grown up doing repairs. I, I, I knew how to turn a ranch really well. So, so I had this job where I just, just, just doing maintenance in, in a Sears store and, and repairing broken objects that were messed up. I, I remember one day my, my boss came to me and, and uh, he was looking, the store needed to do some, have some remodeling done. And my, my boss came to me and had me start working with some people in the area to get quotes on laying new floors in the majority of the store at Sears and Auburn. Priced them out and it was high. It was, it, was a, it was an astronomical price. And the boss said, I, I don't know what we're going to do, but we really need this work done. I just don't think we can afford it. I said, I can do it. Are you sure? I'll find a way. I'll figure it out. I'll do it. So my, my boss gave me a little bit of a raise. My, my boss let me work some extra hours. And I did the job. Completed it, figured it out, did the job. Replacing tile floors, hardwood floors, and a quarter of the Sears store there in Auburn. Well, district manager showed up. She's walking through the stores like, wow, these floors look really good. Asking my boss, who did this for you? Because we've got some stores in the southeast that are going to need this done. Well, actually, it was my PMT, my maintenance guy. Really? Well, lo and behold, there were some more stores that needed floors done. And so I got a pay raise. And I started traveling for Sears, laying floors in stores throughout the Southeast. I tell you that simply to say this. I was just taught to work hard. I was taught just to work hard. And here's what God did. God took me in that position, in that role. Knowing that ultimately God would lead us to New Orleans to go to seminary. God used that to bless my wife and I. We were able to come to seminary here in New Orleans because, praise Him, He provided extra financially. We, we were able to move here, and, 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 God, and God opened up our person in many ways so that, so that I could start school and, and, and seeking the training that God had, had clearly called me to. I, I was taught just to work hard, but as I was working hard, listen, God absolutely provided for His glory. Be diligent. Whatever it is that God sets before you, do it for His glory. Honor Him. Praise Him. Show people how faithful He is. Speak of His name. Give Him the glory. Church, work 
diligently for the Lord. As you do that, God will bless in so many ways. It may not always be even the example the way I just shared with you. It may not be financially. I don't know how it is that God's going to bless. Ultimately, we know that even in this life, we're not laying up ourselves treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy, but we're laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven where they cannot destroy, ultimately for the glory of God. Be a diligent people. Work to make his name great. Watch him move. Most importantly, as God's people, don't be a slacker. Don't be a sluggard. Don't be lazy in this life when it comes to working for his glory. He's given us a job to do. He's given us a life to live. So that in the end, whether we receive recognition from the world or not, that's all right. doesn't matter. We work so that his name might be great. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I ask that as we continue, Lord, now, in this time of commitment, that, Lord, you would help us as your people. Lord, just to, to think of ways that we can be faithful to serve you in all that we think and all that we say and all that we do. Lord, right now, there's, Lord, maybe someone here this morning who, who, who just has, still has questions in this life and, and they're struggling where, where, where life is leading because, because they don't know you personally. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning in this room or by way of video. Lord, if there's anyone who's, who's never trusted you as Savior, Lord, that right now, that, Lord, they would surrender their lives. Lord, they would repent of their sins. They would turn from their sins. They would confess their shortcomings to you, and they would call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in order to receive salvation. Lord, work in their lives. Speak to their hearts. Holy Spirit, do a work in them. Lord, for the rest of us, Lord, as we've been challenged this morning to just reassess our own lives, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a people who just surrender to you fully. Lord, who do not seek the riches of this world, who do not pursue the, the glory and honor of this world, but Lord, we just, we are willing to lay everything aside and use our lives, use our possessions, use all that you've blessed us with, Lord, use it to make your name great. Lord, find us as a faithful people. Find us as a people who are diligently proclaiming your praises. Lord, find us as a people who are pursuing you, who are longing to know you, who are longing to proclaim you in all that we think and all that we say and all that we do. Lord, help us to be a people who are diligent, working, for the day that we see you face to face. Lord, continue to use First Baptist New Orleans. Continue to use us as your people so that in the end, you might receive all the glory and honor and praise. Lord, we love you. We trust you. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We're going to...